Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Welcome to Roundtable, where we serve up piping hot debates on the issues that sizzle in China and beyond. I'm Niu Honglin, sitting in for He Yang. Coming up on today's show, in life's pivotal moments, we often grapple with the age-old question. Should we follow the well-worn paths laid out by tradition and others' experiences, or do we dare to blaze our unique trail into the unknown? The choices we make during these moments can significantly impact our lives and futures. Today, Roundtable takes you to discover the pros and cons of both approaches. Also, you've probably heard of the saying, you are the sum of your experiences. But how much of your sum should be reviewed during an employment background check? Today on Roundtable, we dissect this essential step in the hiring process. For today's conversation, I'm joined by Fei Fei and Yu Shun. Now grab your virtual compass and follow us to the heart of the discussion. In the journey of life, we often find ourselves standing at a crossroads, faced with difficult decisions that may shape our future. Even Roundtable's heart-to-heart segment is not unfamiliar with these questions. Should I quit my current job? Should I pursue further studies after graduation? What qualities should I seek in a life partner? It is within these crucial moments that we may confront the age-old dilemma. Do we follow the well-trodden paths which could be safer, or venture down the road less traveled which is considered with much greater potential. First things first, I was wondering, what kind of decision makers are the both of you? Are you the decisive ones or the kind that thinks too much yet ended up in a tangle? Feifei? Well, I think I'm the latter one. Oh, really? Uh, I am definitely not the decisive one. (laughs) I can't even decide what to have at a cafe when they have a very big menu. Oh, I, me neither. Yeah, I can flip through the menu and thinking, you know, I can have it all and I can't really make the order. But then again, most of the time, because I want to consider all the possible options out there and I want to evaluate all the pros and cons in life, I want to also look at my life and really think about what what kind of life phase I mean, at the moment, and then, you know, the decision-making process just dragged on and on and on. <laughs> and then I ended up making an instinct decision. It's just follow my For the heart. very last second. Yes. What about you, Yushin? Mm, I am also not the decisive one, but I kind of, you know, accept the fact that people are greedy. So they would like to know what are the results of both choices or just multiple choices yeah so most of the time for example if we have a lot of choices for donuts i would like to try each piece of the donuts but not just choose one donut that you (laughs) (laughs) yes but that is the result of being greedy right um you have to accept that the consequences that you will create Actually, not only the both of you, um, the fact that a lot of people are faced with, when they're faced with multiple choices, it's hard for them to make a decision. There's even a psychological term for that. We call it the paradox of choice theory, right? Mm. Yes. And the paradox of choice was actually popularized by American psychologist Barry Schwartz when he published his book, The Paradox of Choice, Why More is Less, in 2004. And 
In this book, Schwalz argues that eliminating consumer choices can greatly reduce anxiety for shoppers. And in this way, I think it is showing people that it is kind of natural or it's reasonable for people to have that kind of paradox when you are making decisions. What are the reasons behind it, though? I mean, we all know we all have probably felt it ourselves firsthand. We feel like when there are too many choices, you ended up、uh, thinking that there are merits to each and every one of them, and I do not know which to choose, and I want all the merits, and I want none of the setbacks. And maybe、mm. that is why you find it really, really hard. But is there a relatively more scientific explanation? Well, I think first of all, we all have a limited capacity of cognitive resources, meaning there are only we're not any kind of gods that knows everything about everything. There is a limitation there, and making decisions uses up a lot of these mental energy, and we only have a very limited supply of that. So we don't have the cognitive resources to weigh all. Options available on the table, and then we end up simply abandoning the effort of making a choice. And then also with more choices offered, it sort of heightens our our expectations as well. It's like when thinking about the old days when people didn't have any choices, they also don't have. Any expectations about their life, or about their shopping experiences, or about the dish they order at a restaurant? But now we are offered at least with dozens of dishes at a restaurant, and then we are thinking, you know, we want the dish I order to be tasteful, to be able to be posted on a social media platform, <laughs> or、um, I want both. So at、uh, then. That we believe that there is a perfect choice for me right now, but it's just I need to find it. So is these reasons that I think this psychologist Barry Schwartz is offering us is that we don't have the minds, the cognitive power to really make that perfect decision, and also our expectations are getting a little bit. Too high, I would say. There's also the theory that there are the maximizers and、mm. also the satisfiers. The maximizers would seek to make the absolute best decision, like Fei Fei has just mentioned, often requiring evaluating all the possible choices, which can, you know, lead to choice anxiety, lead to actually the lack of ability to actually make a decision. Whereas the satisfiers, on the other hand, seek a satisfactory solution and are content with a choice. That meets their basic criteria. So there's there's no best choice. It's just a good enough choice in that sense. I don't know. I mean, I agree with all of the theories here, and I agree that maybe a good enough decision is really just good enough. But sometimes you really, it's hard for you to find the point to stop. Stop making decisions. Stop and actually make the decisions, which is why we sometimes would follow the path of our predecessors who have already made the decision. We would try to follow what they have done, and maybe that is probably a safer choice.、Mm. There is also a factor called societal pressure.、Um, we may affect it by the pressure that comes from the society. Because humans are inherently social beings and are therefore easily influenced by social factors, even when making decisions alone, we tend to consider others' expected、um, judgments. And、um, for example, like following the path that already taken by others or 
doing what others have done and、um, being expected to do certain things at specific stages of life.、Mm-hmm. I think that is the kind of thing that most people will experience, you know, getting urged to get married or get a kid, something like that. That is all the things that we will experience when we are actually living in a group of society. Exactly. And I also think the reason for people, especially young people, are feeling this kind of societal pressure is also because the things in their life and in their future are unknown to them. And the easier and simpler option or answer here is to look at. A role model, for example, and you're thinking, okay, that life is maybe what I want in my life as well. So that we look at their, for example, career path choice, or their marriage choice, or their any other choices they made in their personal life, and thinking maybe if I follow these path, then I'll get to the place I want, meaning happiness. But the thing is, I think. Another reason for people to feel really anxious is that when we look at this role model, the time, the society they grew up in is very different from what the young people are growing up in at the moment. So there is these factors that are keep changing all the time, and you think you know maybe if I follow that path, that will be successful. But you also know that that path is different. It's not a simple answer as this is the path that will always look the same all the time. And then you also have questions about what I want in my life. As Anyonyo just said, there is um, these um, satisfiers who seek satisfactory solutions that are content with a choice that meets their basic criteria. But a lot of people don't even know what their basic criteria、mm. is, and then that's really the roots of their anxiety of not knowing what choice is the best choice, quote unquote, best choice,、mm. or what kind of decision making process they should go through, and then. You know, sometimes we see pioneers who just follow their own heart, follow their own theory, and find a path of their own. And then people will know. You know, there is always a new path out there that's never been stepped on before. That is really a good point. I think the first thing you should consider is: Will following other steps would lead me to where they are? Will I ended up being happy or successful or? Basically, where the pioneers, Fifi has mentioned, are. And the second thing is, do you really want that secondhand life experience? If you copy someone's life, if you do exactly what they do, and you achieve exactly what they achieve, and you ended up having exactly everything they have, will you be happy as they are? So that is. Probably the essential question people will ask themselves when they try to follow others' paths. But I was wondering, both of you, do you follow others'、uh, advices or life experience when you make major life decisions? Because it's really hard not to. Even though we on Roundtable always、mm. advocate for people to think for yourself, think about your own situations, and make your own decisions for yourself. Don't ignore others' opinions because sometimes they don't matter. But is it really that easy? I think that depends on what kind of matters that you are going through, right? I think nowadays people are accepting the idea of how beneficial it could be when following others' experiences, and that's why I think 
a social media platform called、uh, Xiaohongshu or Red is becoming so popular、mm. in, in recent days. It's kind of an experience sharing platform, and、um, users will share their experience and upload. And of course, they are real users, and some existing knowledge can be acquired through such kind of search engines like Baidu or Google. But for more, you know, kind of mundane or everyday experiences, people turn to platforms like this one. And for example, how to change a toilet seat or how to turn off a smoke、uh, alarm. That kind of questions maybe they're knowledge. Yeah, they're and, just life knowledge. <laughs> yeah, or maybe some kind of you know life hacks. Yeah, that kind of thing. You can only acquire them from real person. Then maybe other experience can be more practical. But you get to see the questions online. Like I am. Choosing a major, and I、mm. am opting from, for example, English and international relations, and、um, what are some other majors I can think of right now? And I don't know which one to choose. And then people started to give their experience, sharing their experience on these kind of Xiaohongshu-like kind of social platforms. But do you think how valuable can these experiences or advices be? Well, I think they're definitely valuable at some level. For example, when thinking about when we were applying for college and thinking what kind of major I, I should apply for and get enrolled in, and also what kind of job I want to do in the future, it's just as a high schooler, you basically have no idea. They can offer you a list of one hundred majors, and you have no idea each what <laughs> these majors are for. And then, of course, advices, suggestions, personal from, experiences. Yes, but from when I was a high school student, the, most of the time, the advice, the suggestions I got were from people around me. Like I've I've worked in banking, I can tell you about banking. I've worked in engineers, so I can only tell you about what engineer is about. But now we have professionals or social influencers who may be more knowledgeable about these majors, and also they can help you to match your life goal with these different kind of college majors out there. And I think it's always valuable to listen to others' advices and suggestions. But then you also need to think independently. That's why a lot of the times. I seek advice from a lot of people,、uh-huh. and I don't listen to them. <laughs> In the end, because first of all, you need to know what you are after in the first place, and then you sort of shift through their advice, and you know start to making this match and making process. <laughs> this is the one I want. This is why I don't want.、Uh-huh. And then you can slowly draw up. A blueprint for yourself, which is always different for everybody. So I think these what they sort of listen to others, but not listen to others. Strategy kind of works、mm. sometimes, but not always. Okay, so I feel like today on roundtable we have two supporters for independent decision making <laughs> process. Right? You don't you don't like to follow others' experiences or exactly others' paths. I understand that, though there are definitely efficiency and、uh, risk minimization of that path. I understand how you love making decisions by yourself. So I was wondering, do you have any specific examples of some 
well-known figures or innovators who opt for, you know, opt to forge their unique paths in their respective fields and the impact it had on their lives and careers. Oh, but what I could think of is a famous figure that he said about、um, why we should refer to others' experiences.、Mm. That is the famous English scientist Isaac Newton. He said,、mm. "If I have seen further, it is by standing on the shoulders of giants,"、mm. which I think is telling us that it, there is no wrong to think based on others' experiences. And、uh, on the contrary, this is a very good way to acquire existing knowledge, right? And many times, just like Fefe was saying, people's fear of things stems from the unknown, which is why they seek others' experiences. Sometimes it's to better accomplish a certain task, and sometimes it's merely for just psychological comfort. I think, and this will enable them to have. Kind of deeper understanding and face the you know different situations with calmness. And when Yunyu was saying, we are both kind of、uh, not listening to others, but I would say it is a good way to actually use others' experience to you know kind of c- accumulate your own experience. And I think that is also what Fefe was saying. We can have multiple options on the page, and then we can choose by ourselves.、Mm. Um, it's. A little bit pity that <laughs> everyone here on Roundtable is actually from similar backgrounds. We don't really have, for example, Josh. I should consult Josh in the future about this、mm. question because I was wondering:、um, Are there any cultural or societal differences in how people approach the choices between following established paths or forging unique roads? Because I feel like somehow in the especially traditional Chinese society, following the at least the major mainstream. Trend is kind of a given. People say you have to do certain things at certain age. You、mm. should get married at certain age, give birth at certain age, and you should, for example, pursue further education when you're a kid, and you should start take on the responsibility of family when you're a certain age. And these do things at certain age. Kind of concept is really well accepted in the Chinese culture. And do you think? Cultural background or the cultural norm has plays a really big role in decision making for people as well, especially in critical moments. Well, I think it does because, especially, well, standing in the Chinese society, what Nunu just described is more of a safer path for you, so that you don't feel like you are left to learn after a certain age. For example, if you didn't. Get married at a certain age and have children at a certain age. Maybe when you get older, you will feel like most of your friends have left you in a way, quote unquote, because they start their own family and have limited time on their hands, and so that you can't hang out as as you were in twenties. But then, when we look at other cultures and societies, when they are more loose. "Quote unquote," in the sense of what you should do at a certain age, that you will see more people coming from all different age groups doing the same thing. For example, if you're pursuing a doctoral degree in a 
um, I know European university, you will find people in their twenties, people in thirties, and even people in their fifties、mm. reading, studying, and researching for their first doctoral degree. <laughs> But in China, is is less advised to do so when you were in your fifties. To pursue a doctoral degree in your fifties would be something most people. Would avoid doing, so I think culture is definitely a very influential factor in your decision making process.、It、really depends on what kind of life you want. Do you want the safer path, or do you want to look around and maybe start your path of your own? That's kind of a different from the majority of the people in your society. And then you should also be realizing that you will carry that. Consequences for making a slight different choice than others, but I think you know having this kind of concept in your mind is only helping you to avoid quarrels or argues with your parents because you know as <laughs> for especially for young people、uh. they know that okay if they know that okay you are telling me to do certain things at certain age is actually you know doing this for my good. Of course, I think that can avoid a lot of quarrels and argues. But are they really going to do that? Probably not. And、um, and I think there is a kind of、um, better concept for parents right now. A lot of them are saying that yes, of course, we need to give them advice, but they also need to experience mistakes because they will never listen to you if they are actually the one who experiencing their life. So maybe. The, allow them to make mistakes.、Mm-hmm. Yes. Allow them to take the consequences, and allow them to be the master of their lives. And、right. now, here's the million-dollar question: How to become a better decision maker? Even though both of you are very humble at the very beginning of the conversation, saying, "Ah, I'm bad at decision making," yet in our conversation, both of you are quite decisive about, <laughs> you know, we should listen to others' advice, yet not follow it <laughs> and just take them into consideration. So, how to become better decision makers, in your opinion? Well, I think is、um, first of all figure out what you want、uh-huh. is like the basics of making your decisions in, and after figuring out what you want in your life, and you will have a list of the consequences I can handle or I will handle in the future, and also the the pros that I can get from choosing this path. For example, when we are talking about getting married. At a certain age, at appropriate age, that a lot of people actually did get married at appropriate age, quote unquote appropriate. <laughs>、um, a lot of other people who didn't really get married at quote unquote proper age, I think they both groups have sort of thought it through about what pros and cons about me choosing this path, and I think then you will start to sort of. Living in peace with all the difficulties and challenges, and all the questions people start to throw at you, especially for those who are making choices that are different than the majority of the society, and you will won't getting be getting anxious when people are asking like, "So you you're not you're not married at thirties." And you'll be you you know people will be asking you this, and you will know the answers to these questions, and you will stop. Worrying, fidgeting, and getting really annoyed by these questions. Just lower your expectation—not lower, but、Manage. moderate 
your expectations when you make certain decisions. And allow me to add on it. Actually, when we're making decisions, we should know about ourselves when it comes to our situation. But also, we should know ourselves, know what kind of decision makers are we? Because some people jump the horses too fast. Some people would consider too much factors. If you know who you are, you sometimes maybe you need a little bit edge. You need a little bit following your instinct kind of decision making. And some other people need to hold your horses, think twice before you make the decision. So know yourself in both、um, terms. I think works. How about you, Yushun? Uh, yes, and、um, I also read one sentence that said by a psychologist named Wu Zhihong. She said there are several laws of psychological growth, and the first one is become yourself. But that doesn't mean that ignoring the real environment and living in a fantasy world. It means that when choosing the directions of your life, you should prioritize your own genuine needs and then make choices. That take into account the surrounding environmental conditions.、Mm, so, hopefully, after today's roundtable discussion, maybe it will not help you decide whether to follow others' paths, but it will definitely help you to become better decision makers. 